This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's MLWZ Kirill Kwan, representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling POV's Global Entertainment Podcast. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. What's up? This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. And with me, not only do I have my two regular co-hosts, we have a special co-host joining us all the way from Wrestling POV. First of all, welcome our regular host, Elio Canella, the gentleman himself. Elio, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great. And our other regular, Ant the Liberated. Ant, how's it going, bro? All well, gentlemen, how about you all? Well, you know what? I don't know if we got sent to the principal's office or we just were so fun that somebody wanted to join us, but the principal himself is sitting in with us. We're talking about Tony Diaz coming over from Wrestling POV. Tony, how you doing, bro? Good, good. Nah, it's just a freaking quarantine, man. So I usually, I'm usually out and about on my Thursdays with my appointments and stuff, you know, going through physical therapy and everything else. And they just don't want us there. So I, they, they sent me home. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to join you guys because uh, I definitely wanted to talk about um, AEW. Yes, we're going to get into that, folks. This is, hate to say it, for all these conditions and things and no crowd, it was probably one of the best AEW episodes <laughs> I've seen. So, yeah, yeah we're definitely going to get into that. Hell but yeah. uh, first of all, you know what? Uh, we're in the midst of something, you know, and Tony brought it up, a quarantine. And uh, we know all across uh, North America, well, across the world, uh, there's the COVID-19 virus going around and uh, it's caused different places. And all four of us here are from very different geographical areas. So I'm just curious. Uh, I'm going to ask each of you how it's, how it's affecting your life right now. Is it much? Is it what ways, what things are going on? We'll start off with uh, Ant. Ant, how is COVID-19 affecting your life right now at this moment? So locally, uh, COVID-19 has pretty much turned my neighborhood and like, you know, surrounding stores and community into a ghost town. Um, actually, I was speaking with my wife earlier today and she had mentioned that 115 cases have been reported at her job alone. However, only one, only one of the 115 is definitely confirmed has COVID-19. The other one is still in the process of being confirmed. But just the fact that it's happening that much, just that, you know, one government organization. That's insane. And so are you like uh, isolating right now? Are you working from home? Yeah. Okay. Elio, how has it affected your life right now in your city around you? Uh, let's see. Um, well, I was um, over here. It's not, it's uh, not really a ghost town, but not, there aren't many people out there. Everyone's indoors and, um, I had a trip scheduled for the library. I, was, I thought I was going to go into my second week back there, but I call in to find out that they're close to April 6th, so I'm stuck at home. Yikes. And I'd, go, I, I'd, oh. go, I'd go outside if it were better weather, better weather, but... Yeah, there is that too. Right? <laughs> Tony, how's it going for you down there? Well, I'm on the West Coast, so I'm right on the border of Mexico, and even Mexicans are like... No, we don't want you coming in here. So it's like, damn. Reverse wall. Reverse like, wall. Come on, man. I kind of look like y'all a little bit. But 
you know, they were like, no, no, we're not taking that. Nope. But no, we, I, uh, El Paso, Texas is the nearest to me. It's like 45 minutes from me. And they just got a confirmed case, just one confirmed case. And then I think Las Cruces, New Mexico, where I'm mm-hmm. at now, they only have one confirmed case too. And they're not even sure still. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, it's like everybody's still going out doing their business. They're hogging up all the toilet paper for what I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they're that scared shitless. But, you know, for me, it's like it, it, it took, just took a lot of things away that I normally do, mm-hmm. you know. But. I wish I was scared shitless so I wouldn't use toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Uh, up here in, uh, in Alberta, uh, I live in between the two major cities of Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, each city has had a, probably about at least a dozen, dozen and a half confirmed cases, including a friend of mine today who's being quarantined. Uh, her, a relative and her family was pos- tested positive, so they're actually in oh. actual quarantine. Um, yet in my city, we have no cases yet, but our city has shut down. Um, all the restaurants, uh, everything's closed. I work in the restaurant trade, so I was laid off today. Uh, hopefully it's only temporary. Uh, hopefully my restaurant will survive being shut down for weeks and then we can open up and be back there as normal. But uh, it's at a standstill here pretty much all over our city. We're taking wow. a harsh uh, preemptive strike right now in Alberta to make sure that this doesn't go any further. So, But uh, the wrestling world, my gosh, the wrestling world is taking it on the chin pretty tough here. Taking okay. a big hit. Yes. All these, uh, you know, I was talking to Rick the other day. I had potentially, potentially lined up uh, interviews with Luchasaurus and nice. um, uh, Rosemary from TNA. Mm-hmm. And I was maybe thinking of Sean Spears, but he kind of seems like, is he even worth talking to these days? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And what about uh, the Hammerstone? Oh, and, and yeah, Alexander Hammerstone from, uh, from MLW, the, the Openweight Champion. They were going to actually, in the next couple of weeks, I was going to interview these guys live, but now those shows have been canceled and they're not coming up here. So hopefully we get rescheduling on that and I can get in with those guys because some of those guys, I really love to talk to Luchasaurus and Hammerstone. Yeah, you know, they're they're really hot right now. Both those guys, oh, but yeah. uh, all everywhere you look, indie shows canceled. And in the big yep. leagues now, the WWE. I mean, first of all, I know I don't. I got to admit, I did not watch uh, Raw or SmackDown this week. Okay, Tony, what was it like having uh, it in a, the performance center with nobody there? It it was just weird. Like every time I saw it, like I would text Rick and say, you know, this is like the weirdest. <laughs> time to watch wrestling you know i mean even though i i tip my hat off to to vince you know for even doing the show but my question though is if vince didn't do the show in the empty arena would aew still would have done the same thing or they just did it because vince was doing it you know what i'm saying so i mean who knows i mean for me honestly they're still putting themselves at risk the wrestlers you know what i'm saying and, and after watching AEW, though I thought the whole environment was different, they, was, they were more at risk because of what they had on the outside, too. You exactly. Know? So, I mean, if they're making this coronavirus as big as they seem to be, then I think AEW, even though I enjoyed it, they still kind of made it a little bit risky for themselves and for the wrestlers. So, cool. Watching Raw and SmackDown, like I said, it was just – for me, I was just like, it was, you, it was too you, weird. You, you could sense the quietness in the building. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, like they didn't want to make a mistake or, you know, as a wrestler, you know, we talk a lot in the ring, you know. <laughs> and, and for me, I always talk loud when the crowd is loud. 
So that way I can make sure that the guy is listening to me, you know, so in the empty arena, I've wrestled in front of 25 people before and they were quiet. So you really had to whisper, you know, you get into that center to that headlock and you had to really, really whisper. So I'm sure they worked all this out before they even went out there in fear that they hear somebody talking. So, yeah. Well, you know what guys, Um, I grew up because, uh, you know, I'm a, me and Tony are close to the same age, and maybe he'll remember this, but in the beginning of wrestling on television, and I don't mean the very beginning, but like when I watched it in the mid-80s, uh, back in the AWA Stampede uh, wrestling era, you never saw the crowd. It was yeah. dark. It was right, kind of, yeah. And I used to love that. AWA yeah. was like a, a closed, yeah. empty arena. You could barely yeah. see anything in the thing. You'd see the lights yeah. where the concessions were way up there, and I love that feel. I kind of well, miss that. NWA kind of does that, the new one. Now, yeah. The one that uh, – what's his name? Um your buddy uh, Colt is singer. No, uh, oh. <laughs> Billy Corgan. <laughs> you know, I, I said it on the show, and I'm going to say it on it. this show too, okay? Anything that involves Colt freaking Cabana, I, no, it's, it's, it's zero. That's the score. It's automatic zero. But unfortunately, we don't do that on Wrestling POV. Yeah. It's a point five. So I'm going to go by that, I guess. So. You're, you're going to hate what I have to say then. <laughs> well, you know Eddie. what? I'm, I'm signing off now then. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, go ahead, buddy. So, Tony, let me ask you this. What kind of anguish did you go through seeing both Taz and Cabana? <laughs> <laughs> well, put it – I'll tell you guys a quick story on Taz, okay? Yeah. Colt is, is just – he's just an arrogant prick. Yeah. I known in the indies he's he's an asshole right. but but taz now uh, when i first got into the indie scene we were high it was a, it was an indie promotion called new breed wrestling and we were the number one indie in the united states in the mid 90s right yeah. so you know i was going through my shtick you know and, and and reporters were writing about us you know magazines were writing about us websites when the, when the web was starting to come around they were starting to print out things about us. So they did an article on me and I was just starting to grow my hair. And then they said, yeah, he looks like a younger version of Taz. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I look like a younger version of Taz. No. No. (laughs) Well, if you saw the one picture, eh, a little bit, but it's like, no, I'm trying to, I'm out here trying to make my own name. I don't want to be resembling him. I had nothing. I had nothing that looked anything like him. Nothing at all. So I'm just like, no, no, they just ruined this for me. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I didn't want to be known in the indie promotions as, oh, that's the guy that looked like Taz. No, no. <laughs> but then I heard stories about Taz and then I've met him a few times and he is a big dick. Like he is on when he does his shows. He's really like that. And I was just so happy to hear the other stories with Rob Van Dam, how he told him, hey, you know, pick a hand. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and he, that really happened in the back and it showed how much of a punk he is. And then I went to the school that Taz went to and I heard stories about him, too, that he was just very lazy. He was stuck on himself and all this other shit. So that's that's my um, my story on that. Wow. <laughs> Well, at least we can understand some of the hate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's in the lifer in our book. Yep, yep, that he is. Uh, yeah. It, it's unfortunate. That it seems a lot of guys that I've met from ECW past have been just dicks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, and I've I, gone I, over it, like the Dudleys and uh, and yeah. Raven. Oh my I God! Mean, not, those... not all of them were. You know, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, Tommy Dreamer is a prick. He's actually he was a. Nice he's our task. He's in our he's life section, lifetime <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, no, a lot of those other guys they were pretty cool. They were, Tommy okay. Dreamer was actually pretty cool. He was, was he? He was a nice. Yeah, yeah. He helped us out a lot. I guess no. I I should. I you know I never explained why. The, the dislike I had for Tommy Dreamer, and it didn't actually have him being anything rude to me or anything like that, but it was just the way he he would like we were sitting next to each other for the entire time, and the mm -hmm. stuff he would say about fans and other people and wrestlers and stuff next to me, I was just like, man, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like he was saying like horrible stuff and about the promoter, about the other wrestlers, about people he knew, and he like like as if I was his buddy, like oh yeah, that guy's actually a fucking goof or blah blah blah. <laughs> or, oh yeah, I take that chick home and nail her after he was just telling everyone how he's a proud married man, and like it, it just it got on me to the point where I was like, this guy is a snake, man. I don't like him at all. <laughs> all, right, all right, so now you guys, you guys have your hatred for Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. On Wrestling POV, we have our hatred for Taz and yeah. uh, Chris Benoit, actually. Well, that's, that's Rick's deal. But, Chris um, Benoit, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rick does not like him at all. I knew um, him, right? He was a friend of mine. Really? <laughs> from Edmonton. <laughs> I, I grew up in Edmonton at the same high school. <laughs> same so now, grade. now, I want to know, now, Ant, you're new to the show, okay? You're, you're coming in. Do you have one? Do you got a hatred for a certain wrestler? I got to know. And Rick wants to know, too. Just on the strip of wrestlers that I've met in person, not necessarily any that I hate. Like, I actually met Colt Cabana at a Ring of Honor event in Baltimore a couple of years ago. Real cool with me, dapped me up, you know, had some conversation with me. Man, unless he says some things behind my back that I'm unaware of. <laughs> <laughs> he told me. He told me. That's why I'm asking you. Because he told me. He, he said some things about you, man. That's what happened. I'm telling you. So did Tommy Dreamer. You should beat him up, man. Actually, there are two places that are kind of similar to one another. The Cabana that I met was pretty cool. And at the time that I met him, uh, he was having a conversation with Jay Lethal. So, you know, I guess doing the intermission and walk past. Just saying what's up. Colt Cabana was real cool. You know, dapped me up, had a little bit of conversation. Jay Lethal was just a pound with the hand, very short with his words, <laughs> kept it moving. Same thing, same thing with Samoa Joe and AJ at a Ring of Honor show the year beforehand. But the difference between the two is after AJ gave me a pound that was short with me, Samoa Joe pulled me to the side and was like, don't pay him no attention. That's who he is. He, you know, he could be a dick sometimes. I don't know why, but he came <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I necessarily don't have hatred for a wrestler yet, but I did have some experiences that kind of showed me what their personality is. Uh, okay. All right. All right. And you're talking like a true politician, always working the way around the damn answer. <laughs> Give me an answer. Give me one wrestler. That's not what he was asking. Well, you can't stand. You can't stand a man. Just, you got to give us one. Just one. You don't necessarily have to have an experience with him. Just, just come on, Ant. Try to get. Oh, just, okay, just, just overall, overall, yeah. Just overall, who you are absolutely despise the person hey. that you see on TV and be like, ah, oh, this guy <laughs> or this girl. <laughs> Baron Corbin. Woman. No. <laughs> Actually, I like Baron Corbin. Oh, really? <laughs> I have to come back to you. It's not coming to me right now. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I will have one. I promise you. I will provide a wrestling. I, I promise. And, and, and you want to know what's really that, funny? That's your homework. You know what's really funny? <laughs> it's what's really funny? 
What's really funny, Ant, is what the story you described with uh, AJ and Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, they both came out here, and it was the exact opposite for me. AJ spent yeah. time with me talking, and uh, Samoa Joe was just like didn't really want to talk to anybody. Wow. And, and I, spent, <laughs> I even got a, I even got a ten minute interview with AJ. Yeah, we, just we in play the, on the, the past show. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's always when you get like I remember. Um, do you guys remember the old uh, homicide bit with him and Colt Cabana of all people, where he poured bleach down Colt Cabana's mouth during a match? I didn't hear about that. Okay, no, it was it was fake. Like it was like storyline, but right, right. the whole storyline. He runs out. And he pours a bottle of bleach down Colt's mouth and gets him coughing up blood and all this stuff. And it was to further their feud, right? I would have gave him real bleach. <laughs> Anyhow, so I meet Homicide and my wife, who uh, barely goes to wrestling with me, and she'll act like really funny sometimes. And it was the best thing because we get up there and uh, we're meeting everybody and Homicide's trying to be all nice. And I'm like wondering, because you've heard stories about how much of a crazy man he can be and all this. So I go up and I say hi to him and I'm like, hi. And he's really, really nice. And all of a sudden my wife's like, hey, you know, it's not really nice pouring bleach down someone's throat. That's really good. How could you do that? And AJ's like, you did Because AJ Styles was sitting next to him. AJ's like, you did that? And he's like, no, no, it was a story. No, really, I didn't really do that. And she was acting all pissed. And then she started laughing. And then he realized she kind of punked him out. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, we could probably have a sit down sometime and maybe we will when we run out of content, me and Tony and, uh, and us guys sit around and talk about wrestlers who, uh, stories backstage. Cause man, I can tell you some funny stories and some horrible stories. I got stories. a lot. Yeah. I bet you do too, Tony. You've been around a lot of guys and I've interviewed a crap load of dudes and met them backstage. And, and, and before we go on here, the last thing I'm going to say is this, if this COVID thing doesn't go too long and if some things get back on course, I am scheduled in May. To have an interview. Are you ready for this one, Tony? I don't know what to think of this because I'm not sure how this is going to go. Uh -oh. But an interview with Shane Douglas. Really? <laughs> wow. Talk about guys who have a reputation of being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So let's let's see how that goes. If he, this, if the, he was always like a person <clears throat> that, that kept to himself. You know, he, did, he wasn't really sociable. But, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's uh, the company from Winnipeg that comes out here always gives me their main event guys because I'll promote their show before they come out, and they'll always give me interviews with these guys and set it up. And the headline of the tour this time is uh, is uh, Shane Douglas. So nice. Not sure where that's going to go, but uh, yeah. we'll see. So you know what? Uh, we're going to get into this now, folks. We, we've, we've talked a bunch of uh, BS and, and some fun here. Let's get into this week's wrestling. <laughs> First of all, we had a situation, and we're going to have to, I guess, spoil a part of AEW because it'll feed into what our question was about this week. We threw a question out there. It wasn't really a poll. We were asking because it was revealed this week on AEW that a new member of the elite came in, and it was Matt Hardy. One never! Whoa. Everyone thought it was going to be the exalted one. So good swerve of AEW. Mm -hmm. Give you that one. But somebody, uh, Clay Cummings, I believe, one of our fans, wrote in and said, you know, with Clay, with, with Matt Hardy joining AEW, does that mean perhaps Jeff Hardy is due down the road to, to join AEW when his contract's up? And uh, there's a lot of things to think about in that. And I know you guys have been thinking about this question yourself. And I'll let Tony start off. Tony, what do you think? Do you think that when his contract's over, Jeff Hardy looks towards AEW? Does he stay in the rich lands of WWE? What do you think? I don't know, to be honest, because, I mean, Vince has this thing right now that, that, you know, 
now that AEW's in, I don't want to say full force yet, but, you know, they're starting. And Vince still looks at it like that. And if you're associated with them or, you know, if you join them or you're thinking about or whatever, like, yeah, either he's going to, like, up your salary just to, to keep you from them or he doesn't want nothing to do with you at all. So, you know, with Jeff Hardy's position right now that Matt's over there, um, I don't know because he's, he's, he's injury prone, number one. He's got alcohol abuse, number two. Um, does he want to retire with WWE? That's something that he can only answer. You know what I'm saying? If he doesn't want to retire and he wants to keep wrestling, I see him definitely going to AEW. But if he's done, if his body is just shot to shit and he just can't do it anymore, I think he's going to be just finished with WWE and then he'll, he'll just retire with them because that's the company he started with. But if he's got a little bit more gas in the tank, like his brother said, which Rick Serrano definitely said, you know, his time was up five years ago. The same could be said about Jeff, too. You know, his time was done a long time ago. You know, all that high-flying stuff took a toll on his body. But right now, with everything that he's going through, I, don't, I really don't know. It, it depends on him. You know, if he says he's done, he'll retire with WWE. But if he's not done, I think he'll leave WWE and go to AEW. Now, did Ant, Ant prep you on how to answer this question? Because <laughs> that was very political. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Elio, what are you thinking, brother? <laughs> um, I try. I, I think, I know, I think once his contract is up, I can see him uh, going to EW. Because I can see him uh, possibly uh, bringing the Brother Nero character to AEW. Okay. And? I, barring any legal and health issues, I can't see Jeff Hardy going to AEW if for no other reason for AEW to give us their rendition of the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. We've seen them go at it uh, in Ring of Honor. Um, I believe they went at it in TNA. So if for no other reason, AEW will probably want to give us their rendition of the Hardy versus Jackson. Okay. Now, you know what? Uh, I thought about this a lot and hard. And uh, yeah, you do have on one side, the WWE is a guaranteed paycheck. They may just want to give him more money to hang out in catering and just not let him go there. Uh, but Make him like, a producer. Yeah. But on the flip side, his brother um, has shown that, you know what? He was offered a heck of a lot of stuff and uh, he didn't take it. He wanted to still be creative. He still wanted to be a part of wrestling. Um, my heart tells me that uh, Jeff Hardy will go to the AEW just because he's too broken down right now to be what he was in the WWE. And let's face it, you got drug problems, you got uh, whatever problems. I don't think AEW cares if you got a name attached <laughs> to you. Um, I think they'll be like, it's okay, guys, you know. Uh, plus, it gives him a chance to, does he even really need to wrestle? I mean, the Brother Nero character can be a great kind of thing without having to even do much in the ring. So, in my heart, I believe that he will be uh, AEW bound. Well, see, that's that's interesting you said that, Tom, because, like, th those are my kind of my thoughts about, all right, does AEW really care that much about somebody that has an alcohol problem or substance abuse problem, and they're going to just go with the flow and say, yeah, no, no, still come with us. You know what I'm saying? Where you got somebody like WWE, a big corporate company, and, you know, they see somebody with a, like, uh, for Teddy Hart, for instance. Yeah. You really think somebody like, you know, WWE is going to say, you know what? Yeah, no, we'll take them. We'll take them. No, they're not. No. You know what I'm saying? So AEW, are they going to be that desperate 
if if something happens to to uh, Jeff Hardy in between, like let's just say he did sign or whatever with AEW, and then all of a sudden he gets pulled over DUI. You know, is AEW still going to be like, mm, you know what, let's sweep that under the bridge, you know, under, you know, under the bed, and, you know, we'll still bring him on, you know, it's, I don't know. Well, it's, I don't want to sound like a jerk, guys, but uh, I can just say one name right now, and that's Jake Roberts. That guy yeah. has messed up so many times. He's yeah. like Scott Hall at this point. Do you, <laughs> how much can you trust him for how long? I'm sure he's trying, but you got to know those demons never leave you when they're that strong. But at the same token, though, that you mm-hmm. mentioned those guys, yeah. Vince did flip the bill for those guys to go to rehab. Yes, so. yes. But, I mean, look at AEW is giving a pretty big prominent position to Jake Roberts right now on their yeah. television thing, knowing and that it's this working. is guy. It's working this week. <laughs> <laughs> it worked this week. Well, let's see how it works next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, lo- I love Jake the Snake Roberts. I grew up loving that dude, but even yeah. I-, I love Scott hey. Hall. Jake's one of the best promo guys in the business. So that is true. They got lucky with him. You know what? Uh, so obviously, there is no real big news to report. New Japan, they're still uh, closed down for the for another month. How long uh, are they going to be closed down for? They have said to the, they're not doing anything now to at least the end of March. It'll probably be later now. Good though. Lord, man. Didn't they have like a tournament going on or something? No, it was just about to start the New Japan Cup. It oh, was okay. to determine the number one contender. Gotcha. Uh, not even started. They just removed it off the slate. All right, guys, let's go now into our AEW report of the week. And uh, first of all, I think we've all kind of given the impression here, folks, that this was a pretty darn good AEW. Guys, do you think NXT has a chance this week? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, no. Especially since NXT uh, ran just interviews and things this weekend. But no, no, no. You know what the thing is? It wasn't just an interview. It was a, an hour-long vignette on Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. That was ridiculous. Now a year ago, that might have been cool, but I think we're all kind of sick not of that. even. I'm tired of that feud. <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah. But not only that. Every damn takeover, they've main evented in some form or fashion. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. My vote's already for AEW this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it should be fair to run a vote this week. Kids, NXT no, well, is a, could you really call it a show this week? Like, Oh, well. Let's get into no. it. This, this week's show opens up. It opens up in an empty uh, football arena with uh, Cody Rhodes standing there giving – which I'm going to have to say was a pretty interesting, pretty darn compelling um, interview, so self-interview, where he talked about, well, he talked about members, you know, of the elite having problems with each other, and mm-hmm. he called them out and everything. And I got to tell you guys, I thought this was really awesome. It seemed so real. Just even though in that setting, in the surreal setting, it felt very real the way it was shot. What do you boys think? With that, so with that moment, um, not only you know was it compelling in reference to him trying to get the elite to jail together, but him speaking to us as a world, saying that you know mm-hmm. we as people in this world are so small, but yet you know providing, uh, I guess providing a service of entertaining people while the world is in turmoil, is a huge thing. And so it really spoke to me, and it just continues to remind me over and over again how much of a home hit home run hitter. Cody is when that microphone is in his hand. Yeah, but you don't you don't think WWE did the same thing? Not effectively as that. Really? 
No, I didn't think I saw theirs. I don't know if it was the way it was shot or the vibe or something. It just this was no, heads, I'm, I'm heads talking about as far I'm talking about as far as the speech goes. Oh yeah, but I mean it's the speech is combined with the way it was sold to you. I mean you could have you could have had somebody say those exact same words, but Cody made it he just the way the feeling you got from the way he delivered it, the way it was shot and I don't know what just the vibe of it just really stuck home as being very realistic. And then the way he intertwined the importance of unity mm-hmm. you know, with us as a world as we're going through this whole thing with the coronavirus, intertwining that with the importance of the elite coming together to unify because blood and guts is coming. And right now, we need to do something to be on one accord. So, I agree. Well, I, you, know, you know, it kind of reminded yeah, me of too. It reminded me of that very first time that Triple H did uh, the takeover thing and he came out in the and black. The and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was that that, with this that is one. NXT. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's what it reminded me of. It, it had that vibe of just grabbing you and being like, cool, we're in the between of the fantasy of wrestling and the reality of things together. And it made it that much more cool. It helps you suspend that disbelief instead of cartoon. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God, I hate what? <laughs> The crowd, the, the crowd needs to stop doing that at any show. Yeah, That's well, what he, every damn show Jeez, <laughs> shut up. It's ridiculous. Okay, now um, we're going to turn over next to uh, this part. Okay, MJF. Guys, this guy does what he's supposed to do because I hate this dude, but man, he makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, he's probably one of the biggest heels in wrestling right now. Oh, yeah. He most definitely is. I've just said this over and over again. A bulk of my career in wrestling, I've always been the heel. And my job is, was it was always, always to make you hate me, no matter what it was. And, and I did not pull strings at all. You know what I'm saying? I would talk about your mama. I would talk about <laughs> your sister. I'm, it was bad. I, and MJF just takes it to a whole new level, especially when he gave that seven-year-old kid the middle finger. Hilarious. Yes. yes. <laughs> or the kid, the kid recovering from the hospital. <laughs> that was the other tweet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when he gave that kid the finger and the father like, got all mad and trouble on yeah. Twitter and said, yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Did you remember his answer? <laughs> Fuck those kids. Fuck those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Seven-year-olds, fuck those kids. Yeah, that's the perfect heel answer. Now, uh, I loved what he did here because it started off so goofy with, like, uh, inf- insinuating that him and uh, Sean Spears were gambling. And uh, then Tony kind of saying, bring it up. And then he just flips off. And then he, at the end, was, hey, did you want in on this? Like, that made me feel <laughs> <laughs> I wanted in on this. And then, but let's face it. If you're gambling on wrestling, you're an idiot because it isn't all predetermined. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask you guys a question though yes as far as now that you brought that up mm-hmm. now do you because i already got an answer for this but i want yeah. to hear from you guys being that those guys were awesome, mostly mjf sean spears jake Cole um, uh, i wasn't trying not to say his name tom <laughs> i had to <laughs> <laughs> Lance Archer, and it looks like they had a, some of the sound crew there. For for me, I guess you want to say crowd noise. <laughs> did you prefer that better, or did you prefer just a completely empty damn arena? Elio? You know what? I preferred uh, that because actually, even though there was no crowd present, you got the same, the same feeling because they at least had people present. Mm-hmm. And? I prefer the presence of the wrestlers in the audience. I mean, again, it was an empty arena, but it added personal 
tenacity to the empty arena situation. And I know, of course, MJF is always doing MJF things, but I think Sean Spears should get honorable mention as well because they're back and forth and they're, you know, them betting on matches and hearing them shout certain things throughout the course of the card, I found to, you know, to me were hilarious. And I really think that we saw the best Sean Spears that we've seen since he's been on the AEW roster. I and think we saw the man. only Sean Spears we've seen since he's been on the AEW roster. <laughs> <laughs> he was becoming a black hole of uh, personality. Like, thank God he had that last night. Um, Tony, I liked it because it was, it was sort of like that feel sometimes where you go to um, – and you would know this when you, you go uh, before everyone comes in and they've set up the ring and there's a group of guys that, that are working on things in the ring. Mm -hmm. There's a couple guys standing over there talking. And sometimes there is a legitimate heat between a few people and you have a few guys off to the side kind of being like, yeah, look at these fucking goofs. Like, you know, and they can kind of hear it and they're kind of not coming to it, but it gave that feel that you were kind of at a real for sure. They're not, maybe it looks like a dress rehearsal because there's no one there. But they were competing, and there were some guys off to the side thinking, "I don't like those two idiots in the ring." And there are other guys who are saying, "Come on, guys, you can do it." Yeah. You know, it, it gave it more of a it gave it a weird realism for a very unrealistic situation. Yeah. Well, the way I saw it, now I was looking, you know, like the wrestler in me came out when I was watching this, and I was just like, I was cringing. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. in wrestling, like if you like, I tell I tell this to Rick all the time. Being that you're a manager in wrestling, you cannot take the spotlight away from what's happening in the ring. Right. You know, and I said, if you're going to manage somebody, don't make it about yourself. Always make it about the guys in the ring. Always make it about the guys that you're managing. So when you're out there and you want to fuck with the crowd, mess with the crowd, but let them bring them into the ring, though. Don't bring them onto yourself. Don't bring heat to yourself. Bring, bring the heat to them. So... You know, I, I've always known that. And if uh, you heard us mention Kenny Casanova numerous times on the show, he's a good friend of mine, and he was the master at that. I'm sorry to say, you know, he was a truly master when it came to that. Now, me looking at it as a wrestler, you know, I, I cringed because I was like, no, because at a few times during the show, the cameras would pan off and show them instead of what was happening in, to, in the ring. You know, a lot of times – and, and the – and in my opinion, those guys had absolutely nothing to do with what was going on in the ring, except for maybe when the whole thing with Cody Rhodes, that kind of made sense. You know, as a fan, watching it as a fan, I actually enjoyed it. I did. And that's the one thing about, you know, myself is that there's times where I see things as a wrestler and I'm like, oh, I hate this. I don't know. No, dude, what are you doing? But then I try to look at more of it as a fan and say to myself, you know what? Okay, this was actually pretty good. So that's yeah. what I just wanted to know from you guys, because you know, what's weird for me was that even watching Raw and SmackDown, and I'm not even going to talk about NXT, but without absolutely nobody in the crowd, for me, I was kind of, I don't know, it just took me off a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, just well, wanted guess, to know that. Yeah, well, I guess the best thing is, and you brought this up, is it gave it that old feeling of back in the beginning of wrestling before we knew all the backstage stuff where occasionally yeah. there was a wrestler in the crowd, but he didn't interfere. You just caught that glimpse. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy. But nobody actually messed with the things except where it was plotted to be in there in the show. It right. was effective to the things, but nobody took the shine off the people, made it about themselves, and gave nothing back. Mm -hmm. that even MJF and Sean Spears contributed to what was going on with their idiocy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was well-written. Whoever produced that and, and came up with that idea, they made sure that we weren't distracted by the wrestlers, that they actually enhanced the stuff that was going on. Now, who were the, the other baby faces that were there? And don't, oh. and don't say 
the other that douchebag. Yeah. Okay. Uh, freshly squeezed was out there. Was yeah. it really? Well, no, yeah, he was, no. He was during the match. So I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, um, oh, in the crowd. Uh, yeah. Daniels and uh, Kazarian were out there. Yep. Oh. Okay. SCU was Sunny out there. Kiss. Oh, Sunny Kiss was there. That's Sunny right. Kiss. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Later on in the card was a uh, Marshall and Dustin Rose. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Who yeah. Others. Okay. And Brandy was out there. But. Well, Brandy did. She did the announcing. Did she? well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that but she kept hopping in the crowd too and being part of stuff. So, uh, okay. yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. So then we move on to uh, best friends versus Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tony. I'm going to ask this question. I mean, I know me and Elio, and I believe even Ant has been on this board of this. When it comes to best friends, right? Uh, Chuck Taylor just seems like. What the hell is this crap? <laughs> Do you ever get that looking at this guy? Like, cause I don't get him. He is like a, an anchor down on this team. Everything about him is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I see him and I'm, I, I, I do get that vibe from him. Um, but the thing of it is the gimmick that they have works. So mm-hmm. it kind of like mixes that part of it out. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. now that they added orange Cassidy into the mix, mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're over. You know? Yeah. Well, where's Cassidy's over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about the best friends. Yeah. But... <laughs> that's true. Because yeah. lately, so guys, too, I've noticed well, that that every time when they're when the best friends yeah. are wrestling, and every time they pan off to to show Orange Cassidy, the crowd pops huge. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So this had the uh, opportunity to be in just one of those indie riffic spot fests. What did you guys think of this match, Elio? Uh, this this match uh, was. Okay, um, like like uh, we just said, I'm not a fan of uh, Chuck Taylor. Trent is okay. Um, Orange Cassidy. Uh, now we know. Now, now we know that we can that he can do something in the ring. But it was no, hilarious, he... though. He was sleeping in. He had a short fun. nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, he woke up uh, just uh, with just enough time to do that jump, that leap onto the other guys. Yeah. Okay. Ant, yeah. what did you think of this match, buddy? Chucky Taylor, for me, last night was his best performance uh, since he's been with AEW to me. I mean, of course, Trent Beretta still carries the team, but last night was the best that he has worked. That match overall, I thought it was good. I just felt like, you know, um, Chucky T, unfortunately, is what he is. I mean, we'll see yeah. if, as we move forward, he progresses and becomes better. But overall, good match. All right. Tony? Well, for me, this was like an average match. It wasn't below <laughs> average. It wasn't above average. It was just an average match. They just did what they could at the situation that they're in. Now, I want to throw this question out to you guys. <laughs> now, as far as as, as – uh, Orange Cassidy, and I've always yep. wanted to know this, and I think this is the perfect time for me to ask this question. How long do you think that he can do this gimmick? Because there's only so many times, like I said it on Wrestling POV, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I told a knock-knock joke, you know, who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock-knock. <laughs> who's there? Banana. You know, I went yeah. on and on and on until Rick got frustrated and was like, would you shut the fuck up already? <laughs> you know? So... For me is, okay, with Orange Cassidy doing the hands in the pocket, doing the slight kicks, the slow chop, you know, hysterical, but how long can that go for until that people are going to be like, all right, come on now, this is getting stupid, 
You know what I'm saying? For you guys, I want you guys to answer that question. How long before everybody's like, no, it's, it's, this is dumb now, you know? Because well, he's hot right now, so. Well, I would have said it. this is oh, – go ahead, Elio, go ahead. He, he, he was doing this uh, um, before uh, AEW as well because um, during, yeah, the, during the Revolution uh, pay-per-view, I was uh, – in the semi-career match, I was YouTubing some of Orange Cassidy's matches to see, like, exactly uh, what – what, he, what his whole gimmick was prior to this. So, and uh, this was it. And it was the same, yeah. Um, I'm going to say this is, I would have thought this would have burned out already. But obviously, <laughs> but obviously I'm not of the age. Because it, it, let's face it, it's, it's the younger crowd that really yeah. loved this thing. Um, maybe I I'm the wrong guy it. to ask this. I don't, I don't get it, but uh, it gave me some credibility when he actually wrestled mm-hmm. uh, a little while ago. Well, he, he well when he wrestled Pac, yeah. 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 But... Um, to be honest, uh, we talk about this sometimes, and you know this, you probably know this very well, uh, Tony. There are things that you call indie riffing. There are things that work great in a small crowd right. of people that do not translate to big television shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have thought this would be something that wouldn't really translate. Somehow it weirdly has. Um, the hugging thing of best friends is something that oh. I don't get. Uh, and the one thing we've learned already that doesn't translate is Ortiz doing the cat thing. <laughs> he yeah. got a pop for that once. They isn't, told that the thriller? isn't that the thriller thing from yeah. Michael Jackson? Well, they call it the cat scratch thing because he does it across oh. your back. And then, yeah, and then he goes, like, cat foo. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've learned already that that's burnt out. People don't really like that. But they pushed him for to do it for weeks. They told him keep doing it. And people didn't give a crap. Um, I guess it just depends on young people. We're the wrong crowd to ask for this because we're all too old to get this. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah, Ant? I will say this. For me, I, as you all have noted, uh, noticed in my previous columns, I was over Orange Cassidy prior to Revolution. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he does the soft shin kicks, the lazy thumb. All right, yeah. can this guy actually go? And when he showed us what he could do at Revolution, it – you know, I guess extended life for him, if you will. So as long as there is some balance between his laziness and his actual <laughs> ability to wrestle, then I think the gimmick will continue to perpetuate longer. I can't give an exact time frame as to how long it'll go, but I do feel like as long as he can show some balance and not, you know, uh, uh, oversaturate us with laziness and slothfulness, then <laughs> he'll be okay. I say 474 days. No. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me mark that down. Now, the, what I want to say about this match we're talking about here, Lucha Brothers and Best Friends, is this is the one match I think very much where the crowd, not having the crowd, exposed something to me. And it exposed to me how little um, – oh, I almost lost his name there. The, the one at the mask. Uh, Phoenix? Phoenix? No, not Phoenix. The Pentagon, other one. Pentagon. Pentagon Jr. How he really isn't much of a wrestler. He does just a lot of kicks. He just kicks a lot, does this stupid hand thing, nobody to do it to in the crowd this time. But it exposed him as being, he's kind of more just the flash in a pan compared to his brother, who really does the workload of all these matches. Yeah. You know? And uh, which surprised me because Pentagon's the former uh, uh, TNA Impact World Champion. That He's had way more of a push than his brother ever has. But it really showed tonight that he, without a crowd, you realize he doesn't really do a lot at all compared to his brother. So that kind of, for me, was sad that it did kind of expose the weakness of Pentagon. Okay? It was a good match, though. I mean, okay for what it, like I said, what it, what it was, for whatever it's worth and the, and the elements that they get, they were in, 
for me, it was just an average match. Okay. Now, the funny part is you get a gazillion uh, moves here. You get your package pile drives, all these things, but yet a punch in the balls is what takes out <laughs> <laughs> which takes out Trent, which has Chucky e. T demanding a street fight that they're going to have in an actual parking lot next week. Hmm. Yeah. And while that sounds innovative and cool, I would like to point out that MLW did this three months ago, had their own street fight, which was actually pretty cool that they had in a parking yeah. lot. Yep. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. Well, my video game players in WPOV Nation, it took me back to uh, SmackDown Know Your Row for PlayStation 2, where it was a whole, you know, parking lot. Tony, if you bring up Goldust and uh, Roddy Piper in a car, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think that was the last time they did it. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, here's a match that I know for sure that me and Ant are not going to agree with because uh -oh. I read what he said about it, and I do not agree. Uh, the next match, Penelope Ford, Riho, Chris Statlander, and Hikaru Shida fighting each other out. Uh, let's start off with Tony. Tony, what did you think of this four-women's four match? Well, you know, this match honestly had a lot, a lot, a lot of potential. And mm -hmm. I was honestly looking forward to it because – I'm a big fan of Chris Statlander, mm -hmm. okay? And I'm also a big fan of Sheeta, yep. okay? Rio, she needs a lot of work. Yeah. Penelope Ford, she's another one that can, she can do good. She, uh, uh, depending good. on who – definitely looks good. But depending on who she's with, too. You know, she made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. She uh, – I'm sorry, in this match – she showed that she was mm -hmm. straight up green. And I was just, I was so disappointed. Now, Sheeta and I think she's the one that carried this match. It was just way too many. I, it was a below average match okay. for me. Uh, Elio? Yeah, just like um, the other women's match that we've covered. It's, I was really big, a fan of this match. And I, I like, as you know, I like Chris Allender. But um, yeah, a lot of, um, it's not a really good match. And? Um, I actually thought this match was better than the Fatal 4-Way women's match from a week ago, just on the strength of Statlander's presence alone. And from what, <laughs> even though she did have some botches and, you know, she had some moments, I felt like she performed better in that match than she did at Revolution. You know, I went back and I looked at that match and as you stated, CJ, she wasn't herself for whatever mm -hmm. You know, I guess mm -hmm. she a flute. There you go. Yeah. So she looked better in that regard, but Again, this is yet another match in the women's division that says there was potential, but that division is still in need of help. Like, it's still not polished yet. But I still okay. think it was good enough to fall under one of my goods. All right. Now, uh, for me, you know what? It was right. It had great potential, and it just did not deliver. And there are a few things that I wanted to point out for me that I noticed. Um, first of all, Penelope Ford needs a hell of a lot of work. Yep. Um, and it bothers me that she'll screw up nine easy moves and then throw off one really cool finisher. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> she managed yep. the hardest thing to do there, but she screwed up all the simple stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sheeta, yes, she, she – I, I would almost agree with you, Tony, that she carried the match. But I hate to say this as much as I've been hard on her, but I think Riho really also – I think she more carried this match than anyone else. And uh, especially the interplay with her uh, attacking Kip Sabian constantly actually added so much more to the match. And it, it made her, she kind of came up being the one person who didn't look like, she actually looked like she should have won but didn't. Well, she'd have looked like she won, but she almost shouldn't have. 
And Stat Highlander, it really seems they really have a de-emphasis on her lately. They're really not showing her a lot, and they're not letting her do a lot. Or give and her I don't get, it. I don't get it. So, uh, but uh, overall, another great potential. That man, how are you going to have a good women's division when you just can't get your top guys to perform to what they can be? And that, yeah. that was very disappointing to me. Uh, but like, I guess Sheeta's probably going to be the next push. And let's face it, she is, uh, she is the most experienced besides Riho in there. And we all saw how Riho is just too unbelievable to to do the next step. So. Let's go with Sheeta. You know, maybe Statlander yeah. does need some more work. That's for sure. All right. Uh, next, uh, I know you're going to hate this part, Tony, but I kind of did like it because Kip Sabian is such a freaking worm. Um, <laughs> Colt Cabana talking on the side. Kip Sabian trying to be the jealous boyfriend comes over, says something, says he wants to, f- oh, you want to fight me? And Colt slapping him <laughs> in the face like a bitch and going, hey, guy, I'm a wrestler too, you know. That was actually kind of cool. For once, you got to admit, Cole Cabana looked kind of cool doing that, slapping him, saying, hey, I'm a wrestler too, bitch. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> no, you know why he said that? You know why he said that? Because he doesn't what? look like a damn wrestler. That's why. <laughs> if you're a wrestler, you should not have to tell anybody, I'm a wrestler too, you know. Dude, he's yeah, two like feet bigger bitch. than Chip Sabian. He's no, two he's feet bigger like than Chip Sabian. He was a little bitch. Another part about that that kept it from being an absolute good to me was after Cabana slapped him one last time, Kip Sabian then curls up and Penelope for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're just going to let him disrespect you? Like, like oh. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, guys. You know what? Like, I know Tony has the hate for for uh, Colt Cabana, and uh, he's because he's, he's mad at him and knows him. And that, <laughs> I, I, I totally respect that. I have, I've never met Colt Cabana. I can only go from what I, from what I've seen. And like, I grew up getting all those ROH tapes up from the states, and all his feuds with Homicide and mm-hmm. with, uh, with Nigel McGuinness. I, I really enjoyed uh, Colt Cabana, and uh, <laughs> the last tour that he did uh, in New Japan. Uh, he did really well. He was very effective. I got to admit, the Superman pin thing is very homoerotic and bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no one else is doing it, so give him a prop. No. <laughs> Maybe no. Sonny Kiss will try it. I don't know. He's a bitch. <laughs> what he is, a straight up bitch. And I go ghetto, too. He's a punk ass bitch. Oh, my. Oh, damn. Oh, you did I can't not. stand him. Don't you I? did not. It's enough <laughs> with him. All right. Yeah. He did now, one little thing, and we're talking about it like it was a freaking match. Get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go tag team who, man, AEW has been shitting on for so oh, long. Oh, man. Butcher in the Blade uh, without Bunny. Uh, once more, becoming jobbers in black. Taking on the Jurassic Express with, hey, no Marco Stunt. So maybe they have a, a chance to actually look good this week. Well, yeah, uh, why wasn't he there? What happened to him? Uh, he didn't make the height requirement of the uh, <laughs> thing. For the coronavirus. Yeah. He must be this tall to get infected. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what did you think of this match, bro? I thought the match was good, but I just find myself wondering how many more times are the Butcher and Blades going to jog? When yeah. are they going to win? When are they going to show us that they are these mercenaries or hitmen that MJF hired them to be? Okay, Tony, Butcher and the Blade, man. You look at those guys. I, mean, no. I think they look cool. What do you think? They do look cool. They do. But they're getting jobbed out. But this match in itself, though, for me, was the lowest point of, of AEW. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing of it is, this, this too had potential. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because Butcher and Blade, they are really good workers. Even Luchasaurus, he's decent. He's, he's getting better <laughs> as time goes on. And, and Jungle Boy, I'm really impressed with him. So I was really looking forward to this match. This was a way, way, way below average match. A lot of mistakes. Luchasaurus, was a, he looked lost at times, mm-hmm. you know? He looked very and, lost. And he did. And, and when you're in that kind of state of mind, your moves does not connect the way it should because then you start being unsure about yourself. And that's what I saw with Luchasaurus. Um, Jungle Boy, too. He botched a couple moves, too. And I was just like, oh, man. Ah! But this, this match had a lot of potential. But I was just so upset that with the mistakes that I saw, and it just wasn't the match that it was. So I didn't like it. It was okay. the lowest point for AEW that night. Elio? Yeah, um, like we said in the past shows, uh, I'm sad for this team because Bush and Bleed, I want to like these guys, but week in and week out, they have them lose over and over. Now, but I think, honestly, though, I think where they went wrong, and you guys can agree or disagree with me, but I think where they went wrong was that they associated the Butcher and the Blade with MJF. Yeah. And I think, mm. I think that kind of, like, you know, threw them off. Because – I think them going solo, like, in a dark place, like, I think they did a vignette, too. I could be wrong, where, like, the butcher was, like, butching something up or something like that. Of course, you had MJF in it, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Paying them like, off, that one. Yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was in the butcher that. shop, yeah. Yes. Yeah, take MJF off of that and just concentrate on them doing weird and saw-type shit like yep. that to, to really bring out that those characters like that because um, the Blade, when he comes out with that mask, and the, that looks creepy as shit. That scares me. You know, I'm like, ooh, you know, I put the blanket over my nose. Yeah. But, you know, you know, my thing is, is that they, I think they just, they totally dropped the ball on Butcher and the Blade. It's kind of, it's kind of an odd pairing with MJF. Yeah. You know, I was, and you know what I was just thinking, guys? And they just, it just hit me. This would have, you know what they should have done? Instead of having Fat Uno and uh, Grayson, <laughs> those guys should have been the Dark Order. Man, think of how oh. much cooler they would have been. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. Roles. yeah. Um, I got to say, this match had a lot of stuff that made me cringe badly. Uh, Luchasaurus was really off today. Like, like we talked about it. His finishing kick was like so far away from uh, uh, Butcher that you got to give Butcher props for even selling it. Yeah. Um, and then what was that horrible thing that uh, Jungle Boy did at the end where he ran to the ropes, ran like he was going to jump, and then he gingerly hopped over, then hopped out. <laughs> <laughs> It was a miscue. That was indie wrestling crap at its worst yeah. that I've seen. Oh, that was that was a miscue. Yeah, that was a so, big big miscue. <laughs> um, like I said, I really like Jungle Boy and I like Luchasaurus. Loved it that they didn't have uh, Marco Stunt there. Wish we could have saw more. Butcher and the Blade. Man, I want to love these guys because they have such cool look and they wrestle really well. But and look at them. They they were the best part of this whole batch. Just their selling, you know. And um, but people are not going to continue to give a crap anymore at this rate. They're just spiraling out. Uh, Next, we're going to go over to finally the exalted one being revealed. Mm -hmm. Did any of us really, and be honest guys, did any of you think it was going to be Luke Harper now Brody Lee? It was going to be one of the two. You thought for sure to get one of the two. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You know, I heard more so Brody Lee, you know, and I had my insider um, because, I, you know, I used to yeah. wrestle Brody Lee back in the day and friends that we're all associated with told me already that mm-hmm. it was going to happen. So I already knew that, but even before I heard that, 
I knew it was going to be either Matt Hardy or Luke Harper, so or Brody Lee. So. Okay, Ant, were you surprised at all? Um, not completely, and I only say that because I only say that I wasn't completely surprised because, as Tony mentioned, it had to be Brody One Lee or Matt Hardy on the strength of their star power. But I was leaning more so towards Matt Hardy only because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Brody Lee, unfortunately. Uh, had the clamps put on him in WWE and since he was handcuffed and he wasn't really allowed to let his personality shine as he did on last night. So. Okay. And you guys not for one second thought maybe Ric Flair like I threw out there. Elio. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, it, it had to be either one or the other. I was leaning towards the, I was leaning more towards a Matt Hardy. Okay. Yeah. I'm so glad it wasn't Disco Inferno or I would have like... <laughs> oh. oh, no. What can you do, really? Okay. Uh, that so, would have been hilarious. Oh, hilariously horrible. It'd be the one joke like the... the I would have laughed. <laughs> I would have laughed. <laughs> now, now uh, we have a, a confrontation where uh, Christopher Daniels comes out while well, Evil Uno's on there saying, we're going to have the exalted... And let's face it, this has been going on forever to the point where we're all ad nauseum with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniels and Kazarian come out of the crowd. They have a confrontation. And I got to say this. I love Brody Lee's um, entrance into this. I like how the distorted voice, the turn Creepy. in thing. Yep. Yeah, it was perfect. It was kind of, unfortunately, very much, though, a little too WWE because he even did the looking at the light bulb thing like he used to do in in the uh, in the Wyatt family thing. So that was kind of a little bit of a – but I liked his look. I think he looked really good in there tonight. The tr- the trunks. I was. I thought if he comes out in the greasy T-shirt and the jeans, <laughs> uh, but he came out looking pretty cool. So we find out now that uh, well, he they lay out uh, the SCU, and uh, obviously we got a maybe a hopefully interesting feud going on there. And and as a quick aside, I'm going to say this really quick. I was watching the top uh, the countdown of for AEW puts up every week. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, online they put up their top five tag teams, top five contenders for each thing, and they show you their record. And the number one contending tag team is Dark Order with a record of 5-0. and oh. And I'm like, when the fuck did any of what? us <laughs> What? <laughs> what? You know, yeah, they're the number one team right now. How? Uh, contenders, and I don't you get know, that. They, the thing of it is, they see something in the Dark Order because even when AEW first started, and remember the tag team tournament they had for the belt? Yeah, and they gave them the buy. They, they gave them the buy, the yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get I it. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's move now to uh, our main event. We have the uh, Inner Circle versus the Elite. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, guys, well, the Elite minus... Uh, Cody and uh, uh, Nick Jackson and <laughs> okay, yeah. so parts of the elite. What did you guys think of this match? First of all, Elio, uh, this wasn't uh, this was a pretty good match. I thought, uh, of course, um, I liked uh, my favorite part was um, bringing Sammy Guevara in, in the audience uh, singing uh, along with Jericho. It's like wow, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this match was <laughs> was the best. It was pretty good. This match. All right, and. I thought the match was good. I mean, I've seen better bouts between the elite and the inner circle, but it was good enough to pass for a main event. Okay, Tony, this was probably the the best match of the night. Yeah. So for the okay. for for what they had, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can't go wrong with Jericho on commentary. You know what I'm saying? The match in itself, like I said, I thought it was pretty good. 
Um, now we're gonna go straight on to the reveal. Or... Almost, almost. almost. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I, I, no, I just gonna... this was this wasn't a bad match, like I said, but this was the you know the match that took over the rest. Okay. Of the show, so. Now I, I want to quickly address something that you guys brought up on your show, Tony. And in in, in some ways, I, I get the point of it, but I, I do understand why too. You've said yourself, you see the same guys constantly every week, and and we're talking about this. We're seeing the same matches quite a bit, right? But we have to keep in mind that AEW's roster actually isn't that big. They don't really have any very many other people that they could be putting in these positions, really. I mean, who else is credible to actually go into the main event? Is there any other teams besides these guys that are credible enough to be a main event? Not really. And the other thing, too, is I got to look at is I get the fact is there are a bunch of relative nobodies in the TV world of wrestling. They are for the indie fans know who they were coming in. Maybe they knew uh, Chris Jericho, obviously, and Moxley. But everybody else kind of came in with just indie cred. And maybe if you followed wrestling, you knew them. But if you were a television wrestling fan, you probably had no clue who they were. So I get the fact you got to flog those guys until people understand that, oh, Kenny Omega? I guess he's somebody. I mean, if you didn't watch New Japan, you had no idea who the heck Kenny Omega was or Adam Page. So every week you got to keep flogging these guys and then hopefully – getting new guys signed in and bringing up younger talents like Darby Allen and other guys who are starting to make a name now. So I get it. I get why you do it. It's not the, and even I'm getting a little bit sick. How many times do I got to see the elite versus inner circle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many times do I see Lucha brothers and best friends? How many times Jurassic park, Jurassic park, Jurassic, Jurassic <laughs> express, <laughs> Jurassic Welcome. express, Jurassic park. You will all die. <laughs> but I get it. And uh, so Let's move over to then, of course, the big reveal. Wait, hold on. Sorry. I got to go to what you're saying, yeah. though, because I, I bitch and complain about this yeah. all the damn time. Yeah. All right, so I, I've said this so many damn times on the show, on Wrestling POV, okay, which is that and, – and, and this, is, this is the indie guy in me, okay? I've seen it so many times where a wrestler would be the booker and always books himself to be in the main event – for a championship, or they'll bring in a name just so he can fight that person himself. Or a dad owns the, the indie business and wants to put, pull, push his son into the main event, how horrible he is. I've seen it so many times in my career in wrestling, but the thing of it is I'm seeing it in AEW. Okay, And I want to I know from each and every one of you guys, too, if you guys feel the same way, I wanna, especially for me. Now – like I said, the Young Bucks owned the company. Um, Cody Rhodes owns the company. Uh, Kenny Omega and Jericho are all part of it. Now, I'm not saying they don't have to be in the show. And I, and I give somewhat props to the Young Bucks um, by not giving themselves the championship already, which I'm kinda, honestly kind of shocked. Or but, Cody. Yeah, or Cody. But at the same time, every Wednesday – Every pay-per-view that they've done so far, it, they all have been involved in some kind of form, okay? Mm -hmm. Young Bucks, even though that match was incredible in the pay-per-view, you know, they still put themselves in that title picture. They do have talent. They do. You know, it's just – I just think, in my opinion, that they're, they're just putting them in the wrong spot. You know, the whole women's thing, they have good talent. They had Mer Mercedes uh, Martinez at one time. Why didn't they not sign her? They lost her. And who picked her up? WWE. So they did have talent there 
that they could push. It's just that for some odd reason, like I said, and I like Rio. I think she's a good talent. But the only reason why she got to where he, she is is because she's like best friends with Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega is the one that's running that program, okay? Because look who became first champion, her. In reality, sometimes you have to look at it as, all right, can she really be champion? Or you could have really done a good story with the David versus Goliath thing. They didn't do that with her. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, as far as the rest of those guys go, I'm getting a little bit tired of seeing them on TV all the time. Cody Rhodes comes out like he's, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but he tends to come out like a pompous prick. You know, and, you know, like his shit don't sting. It was like, homie, yep. I remembered you when you were Stardust. So, you know, <laughs> take it down a notch, you know. So, you know, for him to put himself involved in these storylines that's supposed to be bigger than AEW, because that's how I feel at times, you know. It's, it's not the right thing to do because people are going to get tired of it. And, you know, yep. they got talent there is what I'm trying They do have talent. You know, Jungle Boy, I can see them doing stuff with him. But they just don't, you know. We just talked about it. Butcher and the Blade. Them guys should be in the title picture against um, uh, Omega. Well, Omega's hurt now. But you know what I'm saying? Those guys, I would have loved to have seen that. But no, we have a totally different thing. The Lucha Brothers, too. For me, I just think they're just misusing them, you know, because they didn't have a good record, you know, as they did last year. You know, so I want to know from you guys, though, you know, do you guys see that, too? Do you feel the same way or you just don't give a shit and I'm talking out my ass? <laughs> and go ahead. <laughs> um, I can say I agree uh, to a degree. I, and I say that because I look at, you know, how the main event structure is set up and primarily you all want to see. The Young Bucks. You are going to see Kenny Omega. You are going to see Cody Rhodes. Of that group that I've mentioned, I do feel like Cody Rhodes has, you know, done everything he can to make sure that he's not trying to, I guess, use, um, I guess, executive prerogative, if you will, and, and, and have a belt on him right away. I do respect that. I think what bothered me most was when SCU lost the belts as suddenly as they did. I felt like SCU should have at least held the belts up until, mm -hmm. I guess, what, the second pay-per-view of the year, which would be yeah. May or June or something like that. I felt like they should have had a longer run um, with, you know, Kenny Omega uh, and and with, with uh, I'm sorry, yeah, with uh, Kenny Omega. Um, no, no, with the, with the Young Bucks, my apologies. When Omega and Paige held the belts, you know, you're seeing – the young bucks there with them every segment. I'm like, why do the bucks have to be seen so much? Why are we getting the bucks in abundance the way we are on every episode of, of AEW? It's like we can't see one team without the other. I get it. You guys are the elite, but also you all are at odds. You all are beefing, and you're both, you know, vying for the tag team belts. Why do you all have to be with each other all the time? Why do the young bucks have to be seen and making a case stated that, okay, yeah, we're coming after those belts. All right, if I have to see you that much, punch somebody in the face. Why do you always have to be there and there's always some sort of argument? So in a sense, yeah. it, there is an abundance of the elite and it can get to a point where it's like, all right, there's other talent that's being sacrificed in the process. So my whole move forward is that other talent is allowed to shine. You do have your butcher in the blade. You do have... 
uh, MJF, who is the number one contender, but, you know, when is he going to get his shot at the belt? If the, you know, technically he is the number one contender at the belt. So my hope is that things will change and that they will fix it before people get wise and be like, okay, these guys are using presidential prerogatives. Like, yeah, give us something different. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like um, okay, it's cool to see them on on the show every on the show, but um, there's going to be a point where it's going to get like we're starting to if it has already we see the same thing week week after week. It's going to get stale. I will say this: as much as you know, I complain about that. They do throw some good matches, so yeah, now, I guess that's what's making up for it. <laughs> now I want to throw a, a whole different take at this for you guys, okay? And uh, and this comes from working with uh, some wrestling companies that I have over the years. Um, a couple of years ago, I worked with a national company in Canada, and uh, we talked, you know, uh, me and the owners and stuff, and we talked about like booking and stuff like that. And I remember a situation came up once where uh, there were two guys that they were considering to book for this uh, minor championship, you know, kind of say like your U.S. title kind of thing, right? or your intercontinental title. And uh, we were talking about it. And I remember saying, well, I pick wrestler A. He's very exciting. He has this great look. He has like the fans love the ball, like all these kind of things. And I said, the other guy, he's okay. He's solid, but he doesn't have that extra oomph, right? And they said, well, that's great, but we can rely on wrestler B because of who he is and the way he conducts his real life. He's a guy that we know is going to show up at every booking. He's going to uh, do the things he's told the other guy. As great as he does and does crazy things the fans love, he's very erratic. Sometimes he misses things because he drinks too much or he likes to party too much or he's, he's kind of messed up and so he has like problems that affect his work life. And I started to realize that sometimes when you look at things for companies, you have to go with what you know is going to work for now. When AEW started, Riho, looking at it now, seemed like such a horrible choice for the women's championship. But they had to know that they needed a woman they could rely on to do all the stuff for right now. They're putting millions of dollars into this thing that most people are laughing about going, this is going to fail, and waiting for it to fail. I'm sure lots of people tuned in to watch it fail. Um, they probably went with the one person that they knew 100% they could rely on as a person, not as a wrestler but as a person to show up and do their job. And I think that's what the, the whole thing is with right now in the beginning. The Young Bucks have been amazing in the fact, I think they've gone too far. They should have had the belts by now. They are definitely the best team in the world, but they let other guys win. They show their, they let other guys get things on them. They, they build up the stories. And same with Cody. Cody's building things. He takes the most abusive crap to show that their guys are tough, that, you know, that MJF isn't just some guy he picked out of the Indies. He's a real star, you know? They're doing these sort of things, and sometimes it seems like, like I said, having such a small car, like a small amount of roster, definitely hurts them, okay? But they are taking the best of what they're doing now, and they're doing with what they rely on to get where they are, because this isn't just an indie show where, oh, if we fail, we've lost a couple hundred bucks and we don't show up next week. This is some guy putting in millions of dollars and TV networks and things, so you know what? Even if it's middle-of-the-road crap with the same guy every week, we got to give a consistency. It's only going to go so far, though. Oh, yes, but that's the point here, Tony. It's getting to the no. point now where now they have to switch the gear. It's yeah. been enough episodes but, coming up now. They have been developing guys. Slowly guys are coming up, right? 
Now's the time to make that move. If we're having the same conversation in six months, they have failed and it's become a vainglorious project. But I'm going to give them this time because they would never have gotten as far as they are if they hadn't had the young books on everything and they hadn't had these matches the way they've had them and the main events the way they've had them. We wouldn't be here talking about AEW. They would have folded already. Yeah. Well, so what, that, about, what about that comment, too, from Tony Khan? And then Eric Bischoff responded to that, too. You know, I mean, you know, and what Eric Bischoff was like, I mean, you guys heard about that? No. Yeah, bring it up. I heard it. Yeah, like Eric Bischoff said, well, you spent, you know, a certain amount of million dollars just to compete with <laughs> WWE's farm system. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I mean, for me, uh, like, even when AEW first started, you know, mm-hmm. I was hoping that they would either go up against SmackDown or Raw, not NXT, you know. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but at the same time, too, you know, and, and it goes back to what I was saying is that with the Young Bucks always being on and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega, you know, and I said it on the show, Kenny Omega was hurt and he was still, be, he was still on the show doing something. <laughs> Take a break, dude, you're hurt. You know, same thing with, I think Matt Jackson is the one that's hurt. Nick or Jackson. He had a baby. Nick, Nick, Nick Jackson. Nick. Yeah. He had, you know, he had a baby, but they're yeah. playing like an injury yeah, role. Yeah. yeah. So then the whole Young Bucks team, stay off. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. let somebody else come up, you know? It's, and the thing of it is, Wrestling is a very cutthroat business, okay? Yep. You got to remember, back in the Attitude Era, they all said the same, and then it's true with the Indies too, that mm-hmm. if one person goes down, somebody else is going to take that spot. You know what I'm saying? And when, that, when they take that spot, they're going to take it and run with it. You yep. know what I'm saying? And if you're a wrestler, you don't want to give your spot up to nobody. Right. To nobody, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling is very cutthroat, and I don't know if that's what they're afraid of, Mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying? Or is it an ego thing? I don't know. But I've well, seen it so many times in the indies, you know, and I'm, I'm starting to see it with AEW. Well, I, I would just like to throw this out as a really big perspective here on that comment about AEW facing the farm system, right? And we talk every week about AEW versus NXT, right? Um, mm-hmm. When you be honest about it, AEW has already won this war. They totally won it. And Why? Because AEW is being paid by a cable company to put a show on. Well, NXT is a show only produced by WWE and only lives on its auspices because the network promotes it. They're not getting paid for their show. They're not making any money off uh, NXT. Sure, they're taking away viewers now and then from AEW, but AEW is making money every single time that they go on there. NXT is not. And so I think if there was an actual war there, I think they really won the war over the farm system along as soon as they got that contract with uh, TNT last couple of weeks ago. Not much of a war left. <laughs> so, Orange and apples. <laughs> yes. Bananas and grapefruits. No, I'm <laughs> Want to hear a knock-knock joke? No, I do not. <laughs> I think we only have 20 minutes left of the show. We do not need that joke. <laughs> you know what, guys? I got a good one. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, I've heard your show. No, you don't. <laughs> now, that's, uh, no, that's Rick's joke of the week. That got canceled a long time ago. Yes, I, I actually looked back and heard a few of them. Um, I just gotta say, I gotta say this, guys. This was probably overall probably the best AEW show I've seen in a very long time. What did you guys think overall of the show? And. Yeah, what would you give it? On our system, Tony, we do the like a report card. Yeah. If it's an A plus, that's 100%. An A is like you know anywhere there. F is a failure. Where would you give this on the report card of uh, of wrestling today? Who me? Or yeah, a? Tony. Tony. Um, 
Well, for me, like, I might – I give it a two. I gave it a two because we have the one through five star rating. Did you miss the ABC so, thing, Tony? That isn't the question I, I asked. I did. <laughs> let's let's A, B, C. You better let me finish, <laughs> God damn it. So, so, in ours, we have the one through five stars. Yeah. I gave it a two, which anything 2.5 yeah. and below, it's a below. Um, it wasn't a bad show, though. So, if I have to go through you guys' system – I yeah. would give it a C plus. Is C what plus, I would okay. Give. Yeah. And? I would give the show, given that it was without a crowd, I would give it a B minus. I think if there was an audience, might have Wow. Seen okay. Yeah. Elio? I'm going to go with the C. C? Okay. I'm going to give it a B. I thought it was uh, just the overall feel of it. I mean, it didn't have the best wrestling on it. We've, we've obviously talked about some of that. Uh, the main event we've seen a gazillion times, but it gave a good feeling. And in this time... Man, we needed some wrestling, eh? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's no. going on out there? No. <laughs> so what about the whole uh, Matt Hardy reveal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? We got yeah. sidetracked. We got sidetracked. First side of all, we'll make it okay. quick. At the end, we have uh, Chris Jericho gloating over their win. And first of all, I want you guys to know this. And, Tony, you can probably uh, tell, me, tell people that this is true. They fought for the advantage in the war games thing. Yeah. I don't think any good guy team has ever had the advantage in the World Games team because you can't. It doesn't make sense to have two guys beating on a two good guys beating on a bad guy. I don't think a, a good guy team has ever had the advantage ever in any War Games. I'm sure mm -hmm. if you look that back, it's probably a very minor percentage, right? I mean, it's it just doesn't work. Yeah. But so they're gloating about winning and they're gloating about Nick Jackson being injured and that it's going to be four on five. When and I got to know, guys, did did you find it dumb or cool? When the drone came out, landed in the ring. Meanwhile, Ortiz and Santana's like, what is that? What is that? It's a drone, you idiot. Anyways, what is that? What is that? And then cut to Matt Hardy on the balcony, deleting. What did you guys think? <laughs> Elio, you look like you're going to burst. I don't Tell know. I, I kind of liked, I kinda liked it, the, the way... Uh... The way they I made did it, it sound worse, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like the way the way they did it. Okay, and so initially, I had a short yellow bus moment because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this drone about? What is this? Is it when they paint the trailer? And I saw man Hardy. Oh, okay, yeah. So okay, okay, Tony. <laughs> Um, I, as soon as I saw the drone, I knew it was Matt Hardy right yeah. away, you know, but yeah. now, I, I got to throw this out there for you guys. I, but it's like I said, for me, I kind of knew Matt was going to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With the whole Brody Lee thing. So for me, I, I was like, okay, yay, you know, I clap. But my thing is, does Matt Hardy really fit into this storyline? I, I I was uh, I was uh, gonna go with Darby Allen as a fifth member. Well, yeah, I hate Darby Allen, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say, my thoughts about uh, Matt Hardy is like, how is he gonna fit in on the the dynamics of that team? Like, he's the I guy who's gonna that. grab the glory. No, like that, that's what I thought in my mind too, right? Like, I don't see him fitting in in the dynamics there, and I agree. I, I don't think he's gonna be good. So the way that Matt Jackson tried to fit him into the dynamic was saying that he called in a favor, you know, yeah. to a friend, and that friend is here to, I guess, cash in or, or, or you know, bring forth that favor. So it's a one-time thing. That's how it came off. We'll see okay. moving forward. But initially, that's how it came off. Yeah. But then again, too, 
in, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, I think they still could have held off on the Matt Hardy reveal. They could have done something else to close this show out because they already did the Brody Lee reveal. Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, looking on the internet and stuff like that, it kind of took away Brody Lee's uh, reveal and and Matt Hardy's was like taking over and it kind of pushed Brody Lee to the sideline. Mm-hmm. I think they could have let this marinated with Brody Lee to let him get his shine and and AW can show this is what you do with your with your stars, you know? Yeah. And then maybe do it next week or the week after, you know? Because they, they could have closed this out with everybody just, you know, doing the quick schmas and yeah. you know reveal it some other time. Well, we've seen look at poor Lance Archer. <laughs> I mean, do we even remember oh. who he is this week? Now? Can I claim, oh. see, that, that, that Don't vi- even let me get into it. That vignette that they uh, showed this week, they should have done that in the beginning, before yes. the reveal. Yes. yes. And I, was, I like that video. I like that vignette. You know, they should have done that. That's what they should have done. Or they could have, like, not even shown his face and, like, the bag on, you know, everybody. Oh, my God, is, is that really him? And he's beating the shit out of these guys. <laughs> and, da, da, da. Oh. and then there it is. But, yeah, I wish- dropped the ball on that. I wish too. I wish they'd actually had that video next week and the week before. They just showed a bunch of clips of him from like New Japan going through people, like just yeah. build it even cooler, like you know. But yeah, I feel bad for Lance, Ar- Lance Archer. Uh, I interviewed and met him. Really nice guy. So and, you know, to see it to this, it's just like, oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry, yeah. Lance. <laughs> so okay, guys. Uh, uh, Elio, we got we got all our things in. We'll we'll, con- we'll uh, in the second uh, segment. We'll go through and. Uh, give our uh, talk about MLW and NXT UK. Uh, Tony, thanks for joining us this week. I hope you had a little bit of fun with us. And by the way, yeah, did, you, man. did you guys catch how Chris Jericho said in his promo? Then, he's banning all fans from future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a heel thing to say. Loved it. Loved it. That was awesome. Only Jericho could come up with some shit. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yes. Now, did you guys catch the two shot that Brody Lee took at WWE? Yeah. Yep. Yes, about the crazy old man not believing yeah, in him. I caught that one. Yeah. And what was the other one? As well as the fake Sister Abigail before he clotheslined Christopher Daniel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. He faked the Sister Abigail yep. before he clotheslined. Yeah. Did he really? But, yeah. Yep. Yep. I got I to gotta watch that again. Yeah. I didn't see so, that. Yep. That's funny. Um, Tony, I, I got a feeling, you know, with uh, lack of content, like I said, Get a hold of us. Maybe we'll just do an extra audio sometime this week about uh, backstage stuff. Whatever. You know, there's not a lot of wrestling going on. You know, what we can do without you? Tony's uninvited. I want that puppet. Give me that damn (laughs) puppet. I'm never coming back again. You're not invited back again. Take your COVID and get the hell out of here. (laughs) And thanks again, buddy. Uh, You take it easy out there. You too, Tony. Everybody stay safe. we had a great time. AW, let's hope there's wrestling next week because I did notice at the end it didn't say see you next week. It said see you next Dynamite. So mm-hmm. that's kind of who knows when the hell that's going to be. Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, folks, so uh, we'll, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break here. And Hey, Tony, did you know, you probably did know, that WPOV has T-shirts available? They do? You, yeah. <laughs> there is... You guys apparently, like, I, I don't know why Global never got it, but hey, W. I heard, I heard that it's in the works. It's in the works. Oh God! Yeah. If they don't put me or Elio's face on it, it'll never sell. Although no. we did, we did talk about a picture of me, Elio, and Aunt, and we were going to call it the Baldy Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, folks, think, anyways. Doesn't Elio got hair? Yeah, he does. He's, yeah, a, he's the sandwich. Right. He's the filling. We're the bread. We're the baldy breads. Both of hair. He's the cream filling. <laughs> anyways. Um, <laughs> oh, sunny kiss. Let's Anyhow. Jeez. Anyway, folks, what I'm trying to get at is Wrestling POV does, in fact, have T-shirts for sale that you can get on WrestlingTees.com. Check them out. All the money supports us. Uh, maybe we won't have to die from no toilet paper. Maybe you can help get us a toilet roll of toilet paper. No, you can't buy it. Can you buy T-shirts of toilet paper, Tony? Probably right now you probably can. Probably could. Probably sure. could. It's a new currency called Buttcoin. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, folks, point. check it out. There's four great designs. <laughs> There's four great designs. And uh, you know what? I'm pretty sure all of us own a T-shirt that we all even paid for, which was strange. But uh, folks, go out and check them out. Support us. Support all the guys. Wrestling POV. Uh, Wrestling POV. How we keep the show running. Definitely, definitely. Wrestling POV, like you, you met Tony here tonight. If you haven't listened to him, how you hurt found global and without them, I won't know. But he is the host <laughs> He is the host of that show, and uh, he's joined by Mimi Goody, uh, Rick Serrano III, and this really evil sock puppet that they have. But anyways, what you get from them is point of views just like us, but they've got it pretty unique because they've got a former wrestler, a super fan, a woman, and a puppet. So you can't get that anywhere. They talk all about the WWE, all the crazy happenings that are going on there, and I don't know how much longer they're going to get with the way things are going. Uh, we'll make arenas. up some shit. Yeah, we'll make up our own stuff. What the hell? He knows rest of friends. We'll can do some shadow boxing, whatever. We'll commentate <laughs> about it. We'll find so something. So, folks, uh, thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you in the next segment. Hey, folks, welcome back. Let's talk about our regular shows right now, MLW Fusion and WWE NXT UK, which luckily are taped programs, so there are still you know a few episodes left before we get into empty arenas and all the stuff we've been dealing with with the other shows. But uh, before we get even into all that, did you know we uh, today's example here of uh, of fan interaction? Look at today's hot topic. Today's hot topic was by a fan named Clay Cummings who wrote in and uh, suggested it. Well, we'd love to do that. If if you guys got things you think we should talk about that can that would fit on the global show, maybe it's something to do with MLW, NXT UK, maybe it's AEW, New Japan, any of those things that we cover here, feel free to write in and talk to us, Elio. Tell the people where they could get in contact with us if they so wanted you can, to. You can do that at Wrestling POV Podcast on Facebook, Instagram at Wrestling POV One, and Wrestling POV on Twitter. Excellent. And you know what? You can listen to us and our sister show, Wrestling POV. You can find us here right on the Facebook. You obviously, if you're listening on Facebook, you know this. But there's also you. Maybe you're listening to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, or iTunes. These are some of the great uh, platforms that you can find us on. You know what? Tell your friends. Tell your whole bunch. You just ate an elephant for lunch. Oh, no, that's Zoodles. Sorry. Anyhow, let's get on to today's uh, next program. We're going to talk about WWE NXT UK. And you know what? My co-host, that's right, that that cherubic gentleman himself, <laughs> Elio Canella. Cherubic. Well, since he stopped drinking, he's more angel-like. My cherubic friend writes a column, a weekly column, where he goes over NXT UK, talks about the program, tells you some of the highlights about it, tells you some of the things that really get his goat, and if he had a goat, it would have been gotten. So, Elio, <laughs> let's talk about NXT UK. Okay, first of all, Highlight. No, let's go low light. Let's go low light. What was a low light for you on this match or this whole card? 
Okay, my, my little late was the opening match, uh, pretty deadly uh, versus three sport and den lonely. I'm I they mentioned the name of this team, but I missed it. But uh, they, I think they were jobbers one and jobbers two. <laughs> they, they were called they, the jobbers. They did something, but still, like uh, I think uh, this three sport and he. This is probably the second time I've seen him. This okay. is an example of uh, someone who would probably do. Uh, better in a tag team rather than singles. Okay. Much like now, Oliver Carter. Yeah. Now, here, here's my thing is um, there were a lot of lowlights on this week's uh, episode. Um, I would say that was there. I would say uh, Legero versus Noam Darm. Noam Darm. Noam Darm. Uh, Dar. Who cares? I mean, Legero, they've been forcing this idiot on us forever. Joseph Conrus, if you're listening, I, yeah, don't care how, I don't care how much I have to pay you Please, if you will just rip those horns off of like arrow. <laughs> and Noam Dar is like, talk about wasted potential. I don't even, I'm not even waiting for him to turn it around anymore. Just sick of him. Uh, so this is pretty much like a match of two idiots. Do you, so, so what are you saying? Should he, should he go in the book? No, he's not even worth the book. He's like, <laughs> you know, he's not even, he doesn't even make me hot. He just makes me like, ugh. So it's X-Pac heat. If any wrestling fans know what X-Pac heat is, Legero yeah. and Noam Dar are X-Pac yep. heat. Okay. There's not even heat to that. You know, you're going to get cold picking up one of their pictures. They're terrible. And um, I'm going to have to give like a thumbs, like a low light to Danny Luna versus uh, Amal because here's two wrestlers I wanted to see and they didn't even have a match. They were basically fodder to set up an angle to have Kaylee Ray come out and destroy them and, and further on her story. And, and I, I remember, I remember on a past episode, we, mm-hmm. we said that we liked Danny Luna. We wanted to yeah. see more of her, but nothing just seemed like they just killed her. Killed her. Yeah. Like, and then Mel too. She's not too bad. I, I kind of, there's potential in there too, but right. just, co- they were just fodder. They weren't even wrestlers. They were just people to get out to get for Kaylee Ray to come in and destroy. It's just like they had Kaylee Ray run in there, attack both of them. And that's the end of Danny Luna. Now where does she go? Well, hopefully she, luckily she's lower enough the card that this won't really hurt her too bad. Mm-hmm. Thank God she, she wasn't like, thank God this was an Isla Dawn or, um, oh, that the girl, or Valkyrie. Could you imagine if Kaylee Ray came in and destroyed the two of them? That oh. would hurt those two. Yeah. But right now, luckily Danny Luna hasn't been on TV too much. She's still mm-hmm. floating at the bottom. So, you know, at least she got some TV time and maybe they'll rehab her. I mean, they did it with that goofy little dude who was getting beat up by everybody. What was that guy? Jack Stars. <laughs> the, 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 the guy who actually impressed me in one of, in one of his matches. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of the, the kind of thing of throwing away uh, potential or good potential wrestlers to, to yep. make an angle. So okay. not a fan of that. So that was definitely a low light. Uh, was there a highlight for you on this uh, card? Uh, for, my, for myself, the highlight was um, uh, the main event, which was Finn Balor versus Alexander Wolf. This was a good match. It was a... We, of course, uh, saw him try and get involved, but it was uh, Beller still uh, managed to pull out the win in this one. So yeah. I think I think this whole show basically was the start of the build-up to NXT TakeOver Dublin. Okay. Well, I'm going to give that the uh, highlight, but just barely. It wasn't even the greatest of matches. Um, it's a highlight. I, I guess it's a build-up, but you know what? I thought this was a piss-poor episode of uh, NXT UK. Um, yep, this goes uh, back to what I was saying earlier. Some it I like what I like about NXT UK is it's a, it's a, it's a fun show, and some weeks are more fun than others. This unfortunately right. wasn't one of the weeks that was as fun as past weeks. 
All right, well, I'm going to give it a C minus because it was almost a show I could have missed totally. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the C minus. Piper Niven's promo was not bad. It was the usual promo. She was talking about why she saved Antonio Storm, how they were like, they're like sisters. <laughs> I love how all these wrestlers who barely know each other are sisters or best friends or well, yeah, whatever. That's, that's why I wrote that in, uh, in my yeah. column. I wrote, I love this answer or this explanation. <laughs> Well, one, one thing I'm going to say here, too, is um, Piper Niven, I, you know, I enjoy her as a wrestler. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't enjoy her promos. Um, no. They come off really she, – she really needs to work on her promos. Yeah. Uh, she, she was great in those vignettes they did of her where it was just her talking to a camera. But, like, to do actual interview, uh, mm-hmm. confrontation stuff, she's, she's not very good at that. And, uh, so, yeah. Um, and you know what? You're getting me on board, dude. You're getting me on board. You have been talking about the Tony Storm turn for a long time. Oh. I'm starting to think that maybe it's coming. I think maybe you wa- you got your Swami hat on and your your crystal ball and it's coming. It. You see, you see how I put it all together in the column there in the article. Right. You're either uh, a genius or a guy <laughs> who's yelling at those kids in his backyard. We'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe I'm secretly the Paul Heyman of the next UK. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, so we got our, our thing. Let, let's take a look at the, this week's uh, MLW, okay? All right. Um, MLW, uh, you know what? It wasn't the strongest of things, but I think it was a little better than NXT. I'm going to give it that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, highlights. Um, boy, I'm going to really dig for this one. Nothing jumps out at me super as a highlight but mm-hmm. there was some okay things um the opening match uh like i gotta say myron reed he's i hate to say it but injustice just keeps kind of winning me over a little bit and we're supposed to hate these guys but i know what's going on <laughs> what's going on is right <laughs> so this week um okay there's a lot of dumb things okay yeah uh, okay. last week's episode was terrible for a hundredth episode, that was pretty boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then there were some things that happened in this week's. Um, I get it's a. I guess it's kind of a cool vehicle, but it just comes off as contrived. This whole injustice versus Conan thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it always leads to Conan bringing out somebody to fight, and it's always a good match. Right. But it's just getting a bit contrived every week. Um, Myron Reed against Laredo Kid was okay. You know. Uh, Myron Reed looked a heck of a lot better than, than uh, Laredo Kid did. And I don't know if that was uh, mm-hmm. that was a good thing. You know, he is the bad guy. And uh, yeah. Conan came out and insulted him and said, you know, can you win without the people interfering or without the chest protector? And he came out and used both of them to win. So, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Mance Warner versus Gino Medina. That seemed like it should have been a lot better. But then when you think about it, Medina's not really – Mance's type of wrestler so I like that he jumped him in the beginning but it it came off as a kind of a flat match in the fact that you wanted to see more Mance do more and it uh, did, did, did you did you catch the end which part oh the 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 the, the roll up pin for the no, steel no, no. Well, well that one because that was ridiculous uh, the way Mance went but did you catch Gino when he punched out the referee yes I did see the referee <laughs> thing um yeah it uh i wonder where they are they even going to go anywhere with that because it seems like uh, injustice does that on a regular basis uh, well, 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 because when i saw it, i was like oh what they just put down for free <laughs> uh do you care that colonel colonel robert Paul parker is going to be managing 
Did really. that do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, really. either. I mean, didn't wasn't he? Wasn't the last time the dirty fat blonde dudes? Were I, where they were? I, was just, I was just thinking that was he already in here? He was yeah. managing some chopper team or something. Yeah, so I really meant nothing to me. Uh, they cut to a thing with the Von Erics, and man, the Von Erics went back to sucking in promos because that was just terrible. Yep. Um, so I correct me if I'm wrong, Elio. If you are the rookie of the year. Does that mean you were the best newcomer that year? I would say so, yes. So is it humanly possible that you could be the best newcomer two years in a row? Well, let's put it this way. <laughs> say I joined AEW. Yes. My first year. I'm new to the company. I'm the rookie. I win the Rookie of the Year award at the end of the year. Right. Okay. Next, the second year rolls around, I'm still in the company. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm no longer a rookie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the word rookie means like <laughs> the first year of something. So for some strange reason, Brian Pillman Jr. wins rookie of the year for the second consecutive year. <laughs> I don't get it. How are you a rookie when you've already been in more than a year? Now, you know what? I, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. You know what, fans? I haven't actually, it just occurred to me, maybe there is a way out of this. Maybe he wasn't, Maybe he won Rookie of the Year not competing in MLW. No, that doesn't make any sense, too, because why would PWI, why would PW Inside, sorry, P, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, who gave out these awards. But, but I, I don't know him to be associated with any other company outside of MLW. Well, even if he wasn't, you could only win from that magazine once. I'm very confused. So for some stupid reason, Brian Pillman Jr. is given Rookie of the Year for two years in a row. I don't blame Injustice for being pissed. This is just stupid. Sure. Uh, very dumb. Very dumb. Um, let's move to the main event. Now, the main event had a lot of things going bad. For it. They've been hyping it for a while. But here's the fact is we know Killer Cross already is gone. He only did the one match. We know he's already signed to WWE. So we know that whatever happens in this match, unless it's a really good classic match, it doesn't mean anything. And, dude, right. it was not a great classic match. It was way too short. Yeah. For and me, ended, yeah. I don't, for I, don't, I don't care. Because they've been uh, plugging Killer Cross uh, coming to Malibu for weeks. And then we already know that he's signed to NXT. So why? what's the point of like putting this match, having him in that one match if he's going to sign up with NXT? Well, there's also the point, too. You know, you have a big run-in thing at the end where it's, you know, they can have the potential eight-man match and Davy Boy suggesting it. But you know that's never going to happen. I mean, he's gone. So, yeah, um, I think it was a poor choice for a main event. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't think of – you know what? Why didn't they put Myron Reed as the main event? At least that had a more conclusive and a, uh, an ongoing thing. Um, Killer Cross, I mean, he wasn't even that big of a guy in Impact. So why did they think he was going to be a giant draw for them? I don't know. I don't know. Lots of lots – of, uh, my, my low light of the day, I'm going to have to go with uh, – Oh man, the Von Erics again. Mm-hmm. The highlight I'm going to go with uh, Myron Reed versus uh, Laredo Kid, and it wasn't that great, but it was definitely better than the rest of the stuff. What would your highlight be? Uh, yeah, my highlight uh, was the Myron Reed, uh, um, uh, Laredo Kid match. Okay, and your low light? 
Oh, my low light was uh, the Brighton Tillman uh, Wikipedia Award. <laughs> yeah, there was there were so many low lights to choose from in this episode. <laughs> There's a whole lot of low lights, and it wasn't just me. It was this like a promo heavy episode. Oh, if you read my report, I joke uh, about it. There you, ends up being like six or seven in a row. Between uh, like the the second match and the main event, there were like promo, 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 promo yeah, backstage. It was, it was a virtual cavalcade of promos, you know. <laughs> Uh, and they were right after each other. There's at least six oh, in a row. Wow. And I was just like, oh, okay, that sucks. <laughs> um, overall, you know, this was better than last week's episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a C plus. And that ain't a drink. Okay. And what are you going to give it? I'm just going to give it a C. A C. Uh, yeah. Okay. So a very weak, weak, a very weak, weak, and weak as in W-E-E-K, W-E-E-K, no, W-E-E-K. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to win a C- on this one. Oh, he's even punishing him more. Okay, um, definitely a very weak amount of wrestling this week. The shows were all pretty weak. I yep. mean, this week's episode winner is uh, clearly going to be AEW, and it was kind of weak. So, <laughs> I want to see, see how MLW is going to do in the coming weeks. Me too. Uh, we're in for some, it might be, you know, we got a bunch of stuff from Cape from Mexico. Last time the Mexican stuff was terrible. It was. So uh, <laughs> let's hope we don't get that. Um, anyways, uh, I think we probably should just wrap up the show. We had a pretty heavy uh, AEW start. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure AEW won this week's. Uh, they would get the two points. Um, yep. By yes. looking at it, I think MLW would have got second. and. Uh, and uh, NXT definitely was okay. So we gave the two points to MLW one. No, N- we gave sorry. the points to AEW. AEW, uh, MLW one gets point. the one point, and NXT gets the zero this week. Yeah. So that puts NXT UK at still at eleven, MLW at eight, and AEW at six. Oh, well, let's see if they can continue their upward mobility. So, fans, we, we had a really good week here talking with you guys. Uh, and it was fun having Tony on. It was fun having that extra point of view. And uh, hopefully we'll have him in the near future. And who knows? We have in the past made occasional appearances on their show. So, you know, maybe we'll class up their show for a change. Anyhow, uh, we look forward to uh, to whatever wrestling is going to come in the next few weeks. We don't know. You know, and this was nice, Elio. I've got to say, this was really nice. The whole time we'd done the show, uh, even though we joked about it, it took my mind off the whole situation of us all being isolated yep. and the possible quarantines and whatnot. Uh, you know, I've got, I'm obviously in for at least six to eight weeks of no job, uh, staying at home, and uh, and trying to uh, avoid getting sick. You know, I may have mentioned this before. I, I fall under. I don't know. I know your health wasn't the best when you were younger. You know, I'm a former cancer survivor, so I have a weakened immune system. So I'm at risk for this to happen. And I know you've had a lot of medical issues in the past. Do you have a compromised immune system yourself? Well, I, I, I had a liver transplant in 2014. So yeah, yeah. so you definitely yeah. also have a compromised. So you know, we're we're we are candidates. Actually, both me, my, both me and my dad. So let's. Uh, all I can say, people out there, all of you. Wherever you are in the world listening, we hope we can give you a couple laughs, a couple minutes that take your mind off the horrible things that are happening right now because they're even worse than they have been for a while. And uh, we, 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 we want you all to keep safe. 
you know, it seems sad in this day and age that we have to tell everyone to wash their hands. And I think this is something we know already and not to cough into people's faces and dumb stuff like that. I made a, I made a joke post about not licking doorknobs to show the extreme, yeah, I saw of, what, that. Of, the extreme of what things are. But most importantly, this is the time that I think we all have to take this opportunity to be better to each other. We're in a situation right now that is unprecedented in our, our lifetimes. And uh, this isn't the time to be out there hoarding meat hoarding toilet paper, taking disadvantages to other people. This is the time for us that all to come so, together. That share. is so sad that how like, the, all the shelves are empty. Yeah, and they don't need to be. And here's the thing. Uh, I, I believe our governments will come step forward. I believe in a better tomorrow. I believe that things will work out to a better degree. And all I can say, this is our opportunity, guys. Be better to each other. We don't need to be going online saying shitty stuff about each other, making each other feel bad, because we're already all feeling bad enough. Take this opportunity to start being positive. Write some good things. Do some good things. Help out anyone around you. And God damn it, if you got an extra toilet paper roll, give it to your neighbor. Don't be a dishwasher. Anyways, we love you all. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Elio, say goodnight to the good people. All right, fans, we'll talk to you all next week.